Hello and welcome to the GPC Podcast Network. My name is Joey Butch and this is our first installment of our weekly sermon series. Yesterday, August 30th, 2020, I preached a sermon on in 1 John chapter 3, you can find it, it was 18 through 24, uh, about walking the walk, about what it means to live out our Christian faith every day and how our faith and our action work together, and they can't really be separated. If this is the first time you've heard this sermon, thank you for joining us, or if you missed it yesterday, I'm glad you get a chance to hear it now. If it's the second time, hopefully uh, you'll hear something new, something different from it. It's cool how God works that way most of the time. So thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, good morning. It's good to see you guys. If you're uh, wondering where Pastor Scott is, he's uh, in Washington visiting his grandchildren. I don't know. We're going to have to figure something out. He keeps calling Liam the anointed one, but there's like other grandkids now. So I don't know if he's referring to them as the whole group or whatever, but like he's visiting his anointed ones. Can there be more than one? Well, there is. So yeah, but I know he is loving it out there. Pray for their safe return. We miss having them around. Uh, but hey, Pastor Scott and Kathy are out there, and so you're stuck with, as my dad likes to call it, the minor leagues this week. Uh, I would say, you coming to church, Dad, on Sunday, I'm preaching. He says, I don't go watch the Louisville Bats play baseball. Why would I go to see the minor leagues play? And I was like, well, he's got a point. <laughs> he's got a point. I can't argue his logic there. He's got a point there. So uh, you're stuck with the minors today. That's just, hey, minor league tickets are cheaper, though, so you, you got in for less money than what it would have cost you normally. There you go. Uh, Pastor Scott's been working through... Uh, first John for the last couple weeks it's been a while uh, but he I was, when he left I was like hey do you want me to keep this going or you want me to do whatever or whatever and he's like oh you need some direction so he threw first uh, John 3 18 through 24 my way um, <laughs> but I want to talk about something before we get to that uh, I always hate when people say <laughs> they start a sentence with I'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> or I gotta I, I'm I gotta tell you the truth here or, I'm telling you the truth uh, if you have to say you have to be honest with me, that implies that every other time you're talking to me, you're not being honest with me, right? Right? Like, to, you know, to be honest, well, yeah, I'd like for you to be like that all the time. I thought that was the deal. Um, but I'm going to be a super hypocrite, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because I need to be honest with you guys. This is an interesting, it's an interesting job, calling, whatever it is, um, whatever you want to call it. It takes to, well, when I told... Pastor Scott, I wanted to get into ministry. He's, he said, you know, don't, you can't fake it. Uh, it. It takes all of you, especially in in the preaching moment. It takes all of you. And so it would be impossible for me to get up here and to preach to you and to be how I normally am because I'm not okay. Um, I know we've talked about it already, but like Mark's part of our, he's, Pseudo staff, I don't know what you want to call him, but he's here every day. And uh, just this whole weekend, it's been laying on my heart, and I can't get it off my mind. And to think that he's laying there fighting for life now, it's really tough. And this is one of those days where I, I almost wish I had a regular job where I could just call in sick and lay in my bed and cry. But instead, I'm going to come here and cry in front of you guys, <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, I love this place, this family. 
He is. And, and it's fallen to me today, my responsibility to bring the word to you. And that's what I'm going to do. Love God even when it doesn't make sense, right? I said every week. So I have to do it, <laughs> right? So here we are. <laughs> the good news is um, Mark's going to be fine either way. His life was changed by God years ago when he first came into this building. I'll never forget it. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. That's amazing. Um, we were, I, was, I don't know what I was doing. I think we we're having youth band practice. And Pastor Chuck was having a small group in the youth room, and we were in here. And he came and got me. He's like, hey, come pray with us with this guy. And he's got some stuff about to happen this week. He needs prayer. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go pray with this guy. I was like, what's, the, you know, what's your name? He says, I'm Mark. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, he, that guy ends up being Mark Stevie, right? God really jumps into his life and, and changes him, takes, takes him from an addictive lifestyle, an abusive lifestyle into a child of of God, not just a child of God, but into an active, working, living out his faith in action, Christian, right? Changed his life forever. If you ever talk to that guy about what this church means to him, I don't think you'll get a better review from uh, from our church unless you talk to Mark Stevie. Uh, it's almost it almost embarrasses me a little bit. I'm like, Mark, we can't be that good. <laughs> I'm like, ah, thanks, man. Like, I love you too, but we can't be that great. Like, I'm here, so it can't be that great. And, and he will tell you that this. I'm sorry, this is going to happen a lot today. That this place saved his soul. (laughs) That God worked through us to change his eternity. So that's why he's going to be okay with whatever happens. I agree with Chuck, though. I'm a little selfish. I'd like to get him back here. But he's going to be okay either way. He, uh, He spent the last few years of his life walking the walk. He wasn't perfect, but he walked the walk. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Every time I say walk the walk, I got to let you in my brain here a little bit. If you've seen Young Frankenstein, um, it's an old movie. It's black and white. Um, but there's the it, it, Igor, right? And he's got, he just picks up Frank, or the Dr. Frankenstein and they're walking down this, you know, this, this alley. And he's got a cane because he's got a hump, which moves, but whatever. You can check that out later. And he says, walk this way. And he, he walks down, like with this cane. He stops at the bottom of the steps, hands the cane back to this guy who doesn't need the cane. He takes it, and he walks just like him, just like a behind him. He gets to the bottom of the steps and looks up at the camera like, what am I doing? I don't need to. So every time I say walk the walk, what I see in my brain is this little British actor, like, walk this way, like, just walking down the steps there. So if I, if my, if I seem to squirrel a little bit or anything like that, that's where my mind is. I just want you guys to know that. That's what I see there. If you haven't seen that movie, it's funny. It's old, but uh, it's funny. See, I know some stuff, right? <laughs> I'm gaining some clout there with some, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 30 now, guys. I'm old. But that always backfires on me. I need to stop saying that. But today we're talking about how to walk the walk and, and why we should in the first place. 1 John, it's uh, 3.18. I'm not going to read it all at once. We're just going to work through this thing here. 1 John 3.18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. With action and in truth. So we're going to have a what today, a why, and a how. This is the what. All right? The what being the command that, that's given us here. Do, or let us not, so don't, just love with your words or your speech, but with action and in truth. It's a pretty simple verse, actually. I like when 
Pastor Scott showed me this passage, I was like, hey, I'm not going to have to do a ton of, like, you know, dissecting of that one. They're going to, that, that's easy right there, right? That's simple to, simple to understand, which is great because I'm not a theologian or a scholar. So, like, it's good that I don't have to get too far into all that, which is, which is nice. But we hear it all the time. Don't just say it. Do it. All right? Don't, don't just say it. Show it. My dad always said growing up, don't just tell me that you love me. Show me. You can, you can all you want. But what, what do you do? Your actions show me a lot more than just, it's easy to say. It's a lot harder to do. What does that mean for our Christian life? Right? Because like with your family, you know, you do the things they ask you to do. You just, you be there for them when they need you. That makes sense, right? Everybody, that makes sense. What does that mean for our Christian life? And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about walking the walk, walking the spiritual walk every single day. It means that maybe you don't separate your online persona with your in-life persona. Does that make sense? Or I'll get a little bit closer to the bone there. Um, don't just say you're a Christian, but then go out and post whatever, whatever social media source you use uh, just shredding other people, just shredding them out, or, or showing off uh, a sinful lifestyle, right? right? Right. There's no, in fact, I would, don't tell Pastor Scott, we'll edit this out so Pastor Scott doesn't see this, uh, I would rather you not claim to be a Christian in the first place, because when someone goes out and, and they say, I'm a Christian, but then they also decide to just do whatever they want with their life and, and, and live in sinful lifestyles and be mean to people and just shred because it, it's easy. You type it, you send it, you don't have to look at them face-to-face, right? You, you don't. It, it's not even, it's not, there's no face-to-face interaction. It's just done. You see something that you don't agree with and you shred someone just like to the bone, something you'd never say to someone in person. <laughs> so, Or you like something. Maybe you don't even comment on it. Maybe you just like it even though you know that doesn't really represent the values that you claim to, to hold, right? That's actually the worst thing you can do. It makes it harder for us. It makes it harder for Christians who are actually trying to live a Christian lifestyle out day to day because what happens is fake Christians go out and they say they're Christian and they live a counter-Christian lifestyle and that makes people who are interested in the faith say, well, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want it. And so what's happened is they, they've looked at this thing that it's like I was, if I was walking around and I was a salesman for, you know, whatever, for this water right here, right? I'm a salesman for Ice Mountain, right? And I walked around and I said, this is the, this is the best water ever. You guys are going to love it. But then uh, in my, all I have is, what's another water brand? Uh, Dasani. All I have is Dasani in my fridge, right? <laughs> like, they're like, wait, you don't even drink this stuff. Why, why are you trying to sell it to me? Why would, you, why would you buy something from someone? Why would you accept someone's belief that they won't even follow themselves? And how do we show if we're following it? Well, not just what we say. Not just what we say, but by what we do. Okay? The social media thing, that's just one example. Not just what you say, what you do. I hear people, I go to church every Sunday. I'm there all the time. I even go to small group. Oh, that's great. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right? Nothing wrong with that at all. How do you treat, you know, how do you treat your wife? How do, you, how do you treat your kids? How do you, how do you treat your coworkers? Did you guys know that matters? Did you know that matters? 
Sometimes you, you could be the first encounter, the first genuine encounter with someone who claims to be a Christian that anyone's had in their life. That's huge. That could be the first time they ever really see someone who says, yeah, I'm a Christian. So it matters the life that we model out in front of them. Don't just say it. Do it. There's, there are no lukewarm Christians. It's an oxymoron. They can't go together. It's not, you're not a Christian then, right? And people are like, well, you can't judge me. Well, listen, listen, listen. Okay, let's just pause there for a second. Um, I feel like we've taken that just whew, way too far past where it should have stopped at. So here's the deal. You are not the judge. God is the judge, okay? There, there is a right and a wrong. It's not ambiguous. It's not, there's, there's an objective. I said, yeah, I always get objective and subjective mixed up. There's an objective object. You can hold it, right? There's ob, there is an objective truth that, that God has set down. Okay, that that is what it is. So it's not your place to try to reinterpret those or change those or add or take away from that. So when, when I'm, you know, sometimes when people say, well, you can't judge. I think that's what they're talking about. I think that's what they mean that they're talking about. Right. How else am I supposed to know what you believe, if not by your actions? Does anybody have a better I can't, get into, I can't get into Dan's head and, and know what he is thinking. I can't do it. He can't get into mine. You're, it's good for you. You don't want, you don't want in here, man. It, it, you, don't, you don't want to get in there. But he, we, can't, we can't get into each other's heads and know exactly what we're thinking. So the best way that I can tell if, if you're living a Christian lifestyle is by your actions. Right? It's a, it's a marriage of faith and action. And that's really what we're going to key in on today. I think you're going to like this. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about this point a lot. I think you've heard this a lot. Do what you, you, know, do what you say you're going to do. If you're going to be a Christian, then be a Christian. Um, Noah, what do you always say? If you're going to be about it, then be about about it. Right? <laughs> you guys don't know it? Noah waved everybody in the back there. He's, he's, he's learning sound booth stuff back there. Uh, serving, which is awesome. But uh, he, he told me, like, were you in youth group or something? He said, Joey, if you're going to be about it, then you got to be about about it. And I was like, no, that's either the dumbest or the smartest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I, I don't know which one it is, but it's one of them. I know that. And so I guess point to the smart side, Noah, for that. If you're going to be about it, then be about about it. I like that. It's easy to remember. So that's the what, the command. It's pretty simple there. I think we can move on. But here's the why. Why? You ever ask that sometimes? Why? I, I've always been kind of a questioner, sometimes to my detriment. Uh, I had to learn that as I got older. Hey, you don't just have to question everything. Sometimes you can just accept it and go on. And, and I've tried to learn that more and more over my years. But why? What's the point? You might be sitting there thinking to yourself, if you're maybe a new Christian or you're not even a Christian, you might be thinking, well, why should I give my life to this? This is my life. This is the only life I'll get on this earth. Why should I give my life to this? Or you might be sitting there and you've been in church your whole life and maybe you wonder when you lay down at night, am I really, am I given all that I have to this? Am I really what I say I am? Which is a great question to ask yourself. So why? Well, verses 18 through 22, they kind of answer it a little bit. Um, it's this part of the scripture here. It shows us why or not only what we have to gain from loving other people with our actions, right, for living out a Christian lifestyle, but also 
um, how we can get out of our own way a little bit, right? Does anybody ever overthink? Any overthinkers? Not, no? All right, you guys are great. That's wonderful for you. I'm a bit of an overthinker. Uh, it's just, I can, whew, my brain can just run. Here's, here's the answer to why we need to walk the walk here. It's 1 John three nineteen. It says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his peace. The word rest jumps out there at me. That's the first time it's done. I've read this passage so many times this week. Do you ever just want to rest? <laughs> like really rest. I'm not talking like take a 20-minute nap. <laughs> like really rest. Like really be confident that something bigger than you is in control. That it doesn't really all fall onto your shoulders. Because I, I, I just want you to know eventually your shoulders are going to fail. I don't, it doesn't matter how much you lift or how strong you think you are or how emotionally or spiritually sta- you know, stable you think you are. If you try to do this life without God, eventually your shoulders will fail. It just will. Or the shoulders you happen to be leaning on. Maybe you don't lean on your own. Maybe you lean on someone else's. Maybe there's a codependency there. And uh, eventually those will collapse too. We're just human. We're bone. We're flesh and bone. That's, that's the truth. But that's not the end. Because there's a, there's a God that's, that's basically just leaving the line open to us all the time. Hey, do you just want to rest with me? Do you just, just want to know that I'm going to take care of you? I know what it looks like. I know it looks bad. Well, everybody says it's the you know, craziest time to be alive, right? The world's falling apart. God said, I know, I know it might look bad, but just trust me that I'm working something out here. Do you want to just rest with me for a little bit? I want to rest. I don't know about you guys, but that's, we need that. I think we miss that in our, in our life, in our day-to-day life. But this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his peace. Living out our faith in action actually helps us to solidify the truth that God is in control. It reminds us not only that he's in control, but how much he's done for us, which is then, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, I hope it is, is almost like a a catapulting point. I don't know if you can use that word that way, but I did. For me to go introduce other people to him. Look at what God did for me. You you should try this. If I hear a radio show I like, I tell my friends about it. If I see a good movie, I tell my friends about it. None of those things mean anything in the scope of eternity. So why wouldn't I share with them about what has happened to me and how God changed my life and what he could do for them? Now, it doesn't mean that your Christian life is going to be simple. That's not really in the cards. That'd be great. Uh, But it's not really what it means. So when I say rest, I don't mean easy. So don't I know those are don't don't misinterpret those. Okay, Uh, when I say rest, I don't mean easy. It means that there, there's a fulfillment that's found when we're doing exactly what God wants us to do. So a lot of people will call it a peace that passes all understanding. I stole that from the Bible. I didn't think of that. Don't worry, I'm not that smart. Like I was saying earlier, when I first told Pastor Scott about wanting to go into ministry, we were sitting in, he had a Buick Rendezvous. It's like an SUV. 
And uh, we used that thing for everything. We fished in it, took it everywhere. We ran the wheels off that. That would have had like 200-some thousand miles by the time it died. Yeah. Uh, love that car. And we were, he was driving me somewhere because I wrecked my car to like uh, two months in to, uh, to being in Maine. You're not going to believe this. I fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, just demolished that car. Wheel went under, into the engine. Engine came into my seat. Door cracked open like this, right? And I remember I just I crawled out. And I walked up. You ever wrecked a car before when the airbag goes off, the horn blows the whole time? It's like 11 o'clock at night in a residential, nice, quiet beach town, you know? And, and I'm sitting here just like, oh, I just woke everybody up. That's great. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm feeling okay. The fire department shows up. The guy runs down there, like doesn't even look at me, runs down to the car. And he's looking in there. And he looks up at me. He's looking in there. And he looks back at me. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, what's up? I'm up here. He walks up to me. He says, hey, are you Okay. He's like, I'm fine. He's just staring at me, especially like my legs. He's looking at me. He's, are you sure you're okay? I said, I'm fine. What's up? And he's like, you should be either trapped in the car or cut in half. Like the way the, the engine guts of the car came through, you should, be, you should be either dead down there or paralyzed. And I'm standing there just like, Praise God then, man, you know, pray like that. And I, I can remember being, I was 19, I was 18. And I was just like, thank you, God. Like, thank you for, and I was an idiot then. I didn't even deserve his protection. And I was like, thanks for, thanks for saving me, man. I, every time God intervenes in our life in some way like that, it's for a purpose. Yes. Um, he has us around for a purpose. When our purpose is done, then we'll be done. That's how it works, okay? Later on, I'm talking to Pastor Scott about how I have been feeling called to ministry, which was like, so far off the scope of what I was planning to do with my life, right? Which is funny. God works that way. Like, you have a plan. He has a plan. Will you be smart enough to just quit yours and do his? That's the real question, right? So I told Pastor Scott, I'm like, I think I'm going to go into ministry. And I'm thinking he's going to be really excited about it. Like, oh, man, we'll get you into this and that. And he, and he, he just like, no, no words for, for a couple minutes. I'm like, did I say something wrong? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe he thinks I'm not fit for ministry. Like, I knew it. I'm a terrible person. Nobody loves me. Like, I knew it. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm stupid. You're stupid, Joey. Like, that's my mind, right? And he, he, he looks, as he's driving, I swear he looked at me. And that was, that was safe. But uh, he, says, he said to me, if you can go do anything else, go do that. He's like, don't do this. Which is just the opposite of what I thought he would say. But then he, he kept going. He said, but if, if this is what you're genuinely called to do, you, you can never do anything else that will fulfill, that will leave you, you fulfilled and fulfill your purpose that God designed you for. He said, I've seen people run from their call their whole life and never be happy, truly happy, truly content, truly at rest with their life. They might have had a, a good life. They had a nice house and a nice family, and, but they were never truly living out the life that God had designed for them. Something was always missing. You have some of the people that have the most things come into this building and will say, I just, something is, is wrong. I've, I've used all these things and just something is missing. And what's missing is you're made as, you're, think of it like a puzzle. You have a, a specific piece that you are to make up the entire thing here, right? To make up the whole picture. The picture, you ever done a whole puzzle and missed one piece at the end? Yeah, yeah, you don't care that the other, you know, a thousand were there. You're mad that you're missing the one. That's, that's how it works. It's, you have a, it's not a job. You have a calling 
You don't have to come up and preach every week. We don't have enough churches for that. That'd be crazy. Uh, but but uh, you don't have to come up and preach every week here. Do you know how much more ministry you can do in your workplaces than, than, I, than anyone here could get done on a Sunday morning? Just by living out your faith in front of people. I love that. Uh, the, way, the reason we played that video was uh, one of the lines in there he had said, uh, something to the effect of when, when your friends are struggling, do you just tell them it's going to be okay? Or do you say that God's got a plan for, or, you know, God's going to work, we're, you know, we're here for you. But God's here for you. That if you need anything, you know, this is the church I go to. We, we help people. That's what God called us to do. Do you say that or do you just say, oh, it'll be okay? Because we all know, let's be real, right? We all know like the pseudo-spiritual phrases we can say. That don't pigeonhole us as a Christian because we're still too afraid to say we are. And so we say, like, the kind of spiritual thing. But, like, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, yeah, some of you? Okay. And we try to get away with it. You know, like, oh, you'll be in our thoughts. That's great. But, like, human thought isn't going to help. <laughs> it's not a human thought. It's just a human thought. I'm sorry. I don't hate people. <laughs> it kind of sounds like that. Right? I don't hate people at all. But. We need something more than just what we can create. It will just, just on our own skills alone, we're, we can't make it there. So this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his peace, right? You're never a better version of yourself than when you're serving God through action, okay? So overthinkers, this is, the, this is funny right here. Verses 20 through 22, they say, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and that he knows everything. So if your heart condemns you, you know that God's bigger than you. So, so you could just, you could be wrong, right? You can be wrong. God can be right. That can work. But also, here's the other side. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have confidence before God and receive from him anything that we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. So you're an overthinker. Maybe you're someone that can think your way out of either, either situation. So you see something, you're like, I shouldn't do that. And you talk yourself into it, and then you talk yourself out of it, and you talk yourself into it, right? You ever been there? And, and basically what we're saying here is God has both of those. So if you're a positive overthinker or a negative overthinker, God has you covered. He's either bigger than your negative thoughts and can do way more than you ever thought he could, or you're overly positive and he's going to use that for his plan. And maybe everything you think is going to happen is going to happen. But he's going to use you to further his kingdom. Right? That sounds like a win-win to me there, right? I, I like that. So what it means is God is bigger than any deficiency that you might have. You say, I don't talk to people very well. Well, that's fine. Start a conversation and God will show up. Challenge him on it. Right? I told you before, I couldn't, in, in school, I couldn't get up in front of people and read a cue card. It just scared me. Scared me. I get scared every week. Every time Pastor Scott's like, you want to preach? I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, oh, that's scary. Like every time. Because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, people don't take the word intimate wrong. It's an intimate thing. Okay? Maybe, maybe it's different for you because you're out there. But like, I'm opening up. Okay, that's the only way that Pastor Scott, he taught me how to do it that way. It's the only way I know how to do it, okay, is to just open up. So it's scary. It's scary to let people in. It's scary to be in front of people. It's scary to feel like it's your responsibility, right? But that's okay because God's bigger than me. God can take all those deficiencies I have and he can just say, hey, you just be faithful and I'll, I'll take what you brought me and, and you can take what I brought you and we'll just put it all together and, and just trust me. 
I love that. I love that about him, right? So we got the, uh, the what and the why, okay? So we're going to go to the how. What tangible thing can we do today, tomorrow, or this week to respond to the, to the command to walk the walk of your faith, right? So 1 John 3, 23 and 24, it says this. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commands us. The one who keeps God's command lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. So we keep his command. What is his command? It's to believe in Jesus, number one, right? You can go out and do all the good that you want to do. You can go out and do all the nice things that you want to do. Good is, your good is not good enough to get to heaven. You can't get there without Jesus. So step one, you have to be rooted in faith to Jesus Christ, okay? And then step two is, you know, love one another. Love one another as he commanded us, okay? They're one and the same, really. You can't really, you can't really separate the two. Um, you can't love God and hate your neighbor. You can't. I'm sorry. I know that would be, like, convenient, wouldn't it? Like, I love God. I love all these people. But, man, that guy stinks. Like, that'd be great if you could just, God, like, what if God, like, gave you, like, three people that you could not love, right? Like, through your whole life, you have a list. Like, you can pick three people that you don't have to love, and everybody gets their three, right? And you're like, sorry, man, you're one of my three. Like, you got to find somebody else to save you. Like, you're off my list. I'm, you're not on my responsibility list. I think we need to, I like that. We need to add this. You're sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. You made the three. You can't change it, though. Once it's set, it's set, right? But you could have your three. Some people need more than three. Some people might be on more than one person's three. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't love God and trash talk your coworker to another coworker. Right? You can't love God and hate someone based on how they vote. Um, don't hurt me. All right? You just can't. That's not even a that's not a political statement. That's that's a that's a spiritual statement. You can't love I'm not saying you have to have to accept and go along with everyone's beliefs. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying at the base, you have to love people. No matter what they say, do, look like, talk like, doesn't matter. You have to love them. Why is that? Not cuz I told you. Cuz God told you to. Talk to dad. If you want if you got a problem with it, take it to dad. Like I, that's not, I'm I'm just telling you about it, all right? You take, don't don't shoot the messenger. Have you ever seen a, a boiler before? Do you guys know what a boiler is? I'm not talking like boiling water on the stove. I'm talking like a big boiler, like a steam boiler that runs uh, big machines. You know, they heat the water up, the steam comes out, goes through the pipes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Everybody good? All right, cool. Um, have you ever seen the little gauge on the side of a boiler? So as the so there's a big boiler, right? Think of it like, wow, right? And then there's this little gauge on the side. And there's water in the gauge and there's water in the boiler. It's cool. Because as the water goes down, like, you can't just look in the boiler. It has to be pressurized. If you open it up, bad things happen. So you can't just look in and see what, how much water is in there. Like, you can't do that. So they made this little gauge, and there's water in the gauge. And so if the boiler is half full, the gauge will have half water in it. You ever seen this? 
I've, 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 never, I've only seen one in my whole life because I walked into the wrong room at school one day. But uh, it was there. It was hot in that room. And I was like, that's weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just, hey, they should have locked it. That's not my fault. That door should have been locked, okay? That's all I'm saying, especially at that school. I'm just saying. They had a history of, boy- well, whatever. But um, that sh- really should have been locked there. But I, I digress. But if, the, if it's half full here, the gauge it will be half full. It's cool. It's really cool. So you can look at the gauge, and you can see the level. Gauge, level. Everybody with me? Gauge, level. Okay? How you love people is your gauge. It's how I can look at your life and have at least a partial gauge of how you love God. So God's the bigger part. The gauge is the people part, right? So as you love people, you know, your gauge goes up and down. And that's a direct reflection of how I'm getting, people are going to call me judgy for this. They're going to. Of how serious you are about your Christian walk. I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty if, you're, if you struggle with that. I'm saying that to just, I want you to know. The worst, time, worst place to be when you're struggling is to not know why you're struggling. I want you to know why so we can work on it. If I was to look at your gauge, if I was to look at how you loved people solely, that's the only thing I looked at, not at your church attendance, not at how much you read the Bible, not at any of that other stuff. If I just looked at how you treated other people, how, would that, how empty or full would your, would your tank be? Right? They're tied together. The gauge can't read unless... Unless there's love for God rooted in Christ, right? We can't, we, can't, we can't pour out genuine love to people unless we're being fed by the divine source. It just doesn't work that way. But also, if you are fed by that divine source, if God is feeding love into you, there's no other choice but to live that out in your action, to walk the walk there. People say, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't well, stop. Just stop right there. I'm a Christian, but I, I, I just, you know, I just don't like that person. Well, that's great. You don't have to like them, but you got to love them. Okay? You have to, and it sounds so easy. It sounds so easy to do it. But it, you can't separate those two things, okay? How you love people and how you love God are directly married together. They're stuck. And sometimes it costs you personally to love people. There's a I went to school with a kid in middle school who was wheelchair-bound. He was born with spina bifida, and he never made it past, like, the second or third grade mentally. And uh, physically, he was wheelchair-bound. And every day at lunch, I would go get him out of his class, and I'd put him in, I'd wheel him down to the elevator, which is right next to the steps. And I'd stand at the door, and he, I'd hit the button for him. And I hate elevators, so I wouldn't run the elevator. And, uh, but I hit the button, and he would say, let's race. I'd say, all right, let's race. And uh, the door would close. As soon as the, right before the door would close, I would take off. You got me there, Lisa? Sorry, I forgot. I'm on. Yeah, I would take off, right? And as soon as it would close, I'd stop and I'd walk down the steps. You know, I'd just slowly walk down the steps, and I'd go back to where the other elevator door was. And as soon as the door started to open, I would run past it, like like winded, you know, like 
he got me again. And he laughed every day. He loved that. He thought that was the coolest thing ever. He just laughed and laughed. And he, he beat me every time. I never won a race. Dude was too fast for me. Uh, but it, we would, I'd, and I'd take him into lunch, and we'd just sit there, we'd eat lunch. And uh, I'm not saying that for, that's not what this is for. If, um, I'm saying it because if serving people doesn't cost you something, then you're not doing it right. If it doesn't cost you something, you're not doing it right. What did it cost me? Well, time, I guess. But also, it's not very cool to hang out with a disabled person in school in the eighth grade. People don't look at you like you're very cool for that. It doesn't win you many points, right? Um, I didn't really care about their points. So I guess I, if you don't care about the structure, then it doesn't, it doesn't affect you, right? Because uh, I, all I could think about was how happy that made him. If, you're not, if it doesn't cost you something to serve, you're not doing it right. Because it cost Jesus something. Jesus walked the walk so much so that it cost him his life. Now, he didn't deserve the death that he got, but he got it. And why is that? Because he, he did what his father commanded him to do. So if you're sitting there and you're wanting, I've also heard people say you're not serving unless you're doing something you don't like to do. I've heard that too, but I don't know about that one. I'm still debating that one. But if, you're, if your service doesn't cost you something, you should probably check yourself. So what? What was the command to walk the walk? Why should I do that? To be the best instrument for God that you can possibly be. You can put, Dan plays the guitar real well, but if I put a non-tuned instrument in his hand, no matter how well he plays it, it's always going to sound out of tune. But man, when you get that... You ever be tuning an instrument and you just, it, you just hear it hits the perfect note? You're like, yeah, that's where it is right there. Right? For, uh, if you haven't played that, if you heard a song, trust me, if I played a chord for you wrong, you would know it, okay? <laughs> but, but to be the best instruments for God that we can possibly be. And then the how? Uh, by marrying our faith in action, right? Because it's up to us. I, Pastor Chuck, or, um, he was talking with me about this earlier. Is he back there? There he is. You're right by the light, so I block you out. Jimmy, you guys can come on up too. <laughs> by the by the light, uh, we were talking about like just the the coronavirus and the social unrest and the shootings and the I could I could list things for an hour, right? And we were talking about what in the world, like, <laughs> what in the world can we do? And I wrote something on my board after we had a conversation about the coronavirus stuff specifically. But um, we're the church, and we're the church right now, which means that that's on purpose. Does, that, does the weight of that make sense? Did I convey that well enough? Um, we're the church right now for this moment. Which mean, that's not an accident. God didn't just go, oh, wow, uh, who am I working with here? Like, oh, we got coronavirus and social unrest. Well, let me see if I can gather the troops here. Who I got? Roll call. Like, that's not, that's not how it happened. We're the church right now for a reason, and it's on purpose. Which means that we have a pretty big job. If I look at it and think about just myself doing it, or even just us doing it through our own human means, it's terrifying because we couldn't get it done. But God has put us here 
And this was the phrase Chuck was using in Lyle Steele from him. For, for such a time as this. For such a time as this. I don't know if in the last hundred years the world has needed the church more than it does right now. <laughs> I don't think that's over-exaggerating it, right? And I don't think the church has ever had more to do. <laughs> this is a great recruitment speech, right? <laughs> hey, it's really tough. Come join us. It's going to be great. <laughs> right? <sighs> oh. But there is no better cause to give our lives for. I don't mean go out and die for. Maybe it will mean that for you. I don't know that. What I'm, what I'm talking about, what most of us will relate to probably, is to give your life every day for it. To walk the walk every day. To love people every day. To, to love Christ every day. The world needs us. They just do. For, for such a time as this. It's, it's up to us. <laughs> that's, that's great, right? Feel the weight. Feel the weight. The good news there is that God's got our back. He just does. So the time to step up, church, I'll be honest with you, is right now. It's right now. Don't let it pass you by. Thank you for listening to the sermon this week. I hope in some way it spoke to you. I hope that uh, God moved through that and maybe you can take some lessons from there and apply it to your week, apply it to your daily life. That would be awesome. If you want to know more about our church, we have a website. It's gpcchurch.com. Check that out there. All the information you would need to know about us is there. Uh, don't forget that there's going to be more podcasts coming out throughout the week, and every Monday now we'll have our sermons out there. Uh, thank you for joining us, and have a great day.